Welcome to the Oklahoma District History Center podcast, where we are preserving our apostolic heritage so that the generations to come might know. And now we present this featured message of the month from our archives. We pray that you are blessed today by the anointed word of God. No matter what you're going through tonight, God will make a way for you. No matter what you're suffering tonight, God will make a way for you in this camp meeting to get what you need. Let me say what a joy it is to be here again. I cannot say as Brother Kuhn that I have biblical basis for being here as this is only my second time, but I am glad for that privilege and I thank you very much, Brother Whalen, the district board and all involved such a joy we've looked forward to this so very much and I'm thankful for the spirit I feel here right on the opening night God has something special for us this week right here tonight he has already put such a powerful seal of approval on this camp meeting why don't you just decide to get what you need tonight just on the first night go ahead get healed get delivered get encouraged get set free Get the Holy Ghost. Just right here on the first night. Oh, yes. What a great camp meeting I feel we have in store. It's so good to be with Brother Kuhn. I appreciate him very much. Old, no, that's not true. A friend of many years. And it's a joy to be with he and Sister Kuhn again. Amen. Let me say again, Brother and Sister Whalen are so special to us. And It's a joy to be here. Acts chapter 12. We'll start reading at verse number 12. Praise God. This is speaking of the apostle Peter. And it says, And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And I want you to listen very carefully to this last part. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished how many would like to have the kind of camp meeting that when it's over we are astonished at what God has done oh let's ask him for that kind of meeting thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord God we want you to move we want you to have your way 
I know you want to save, deliver, set free, heal, encourage, and strengthen in this service. God, we give it to you tonight. Accomplish it by your power. Praise God, praise God, praise God. And I'll tell you how we can have that kind of camp, just like they did when they had opened the door. I want to preach about somebody open the door. God bless you. Please be seated. It was not a good time for the early church. They had suffered occasional persecution, but nothing like was being unleashed on them now. Pastor uh, of the Jerusalem church, James, had been arrested by Herod the king and summarily executed. It was sort of a trial run. And the Bible says that when Herod saw there was no uprising among the people, that indeed the movers and shakers, the kind of people he was trying to impress, not only were not upset, but were gratified by the execution of James, Herod determined to go further. And he reached out and had Simon Peter arrested. He was put in prison and it was determined that he would be executed evidently publicly come Easter time. Now it seems that James' execution was, was private, was done behind the walls of the prison, but not Peter's. He would be a, an example to all Christians, to all the church of what uh, the king was able to do. Remember that this was an era of no individual rights, no equal rights before the law, no due process. There was no appeal. There's not a hint even of a trial. It is a settled issue. All of the power of the king is at uh, back of this decision. Simon Peter is going to die and no power on earth is going to save him. The Bible says the execution is set for the next morning. Nobody is going to make a difference except one thing. In fact, there was just that one thing standing between Simon Peter and death. And that was this. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Just one thing stood between him and the chopping block. But I'm glad to tell you tonight that that one thing was enough to turn everything around. The church got together and began to pray. And when they began to pray, they got a hold of heaven. And friend, heaven doesn't care what the king says. Heaven doesn't care what the court says. Heaven doesn't care what any power on earth says. When heaven gets into gear, something is going to happen. I'm glad to say tonight 
that prayer still makes a difference in our world. You have come too late to tell me that prayer doesn't matter. I've seen too many miracles, too many answers come, too many astonished doctors, too many changed lives, too many reclaimed kids, too many alcoholics that aren't alcoholics anymore, too many drug addicts that don't do drugs anymore, too many liars that don't lie, too many cheaters that don't cheat, too many thieves that don't steal. Such were some of you. But now you're washed, sanctified, justified, because prayer still makes a difference. I tell you why we're feeling like we're feeling tonight. Somebody's prayed about this camp meeting, and heaven has heard somebody's prayer. The reason you're going to get healed is somebody prayed. The reason you're going to get the Holy Ghost, somebody prayed. The reason you're going to get delivered, somebody prayed. I thank God we are becoming a more prayerful people because God still answers prayer. There is nothing you could be going through that prayer cannot change. There is nothing you could be suffering tonight that prayer cannot change. God still answers prayer. Oh, we ought to give him a hand clap. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now there's a, there's a lot of things about this story that I don't really understand. One of them is, well, if, if I were going to be executed, my head was going to get cut off in the morning. I can imagine a lot of things I would be doing tonight. But sleeping ain't one of them. But the Bible says Simon Peter was sitting in a dungeon. He was chained to the wall. There were soldiers evidently on either side of him. And he was asleep. Now either he had made peace with God... And he wasn't too worried about what was going to happen. Or he knew that somebody was praying. And he didn't know how deliverance was going to come, but he knew it was coming somehow. But whatever the reason, he doesn't seem too upset. Because he's asleep. And when the angel comes that the church had prayed down from heaven, he had to do two things. He had to put the guards to sleep and he had to wake the preacher up. I can see him as he nudges Simon Peter on the foot and he says, get up, put your shoes on, put your coat on, put your hat on. There's fixing to be a jailbreak here tonight now Simon Peter 
figures it's a dream. What a wonderful dream. I can almost hear his mind working. How great God is. I mean, the night before I'm going to be executed. And he sends me this wonderful dream of an angel coming and getting me out of prison. The angel gets him up and he notices, boy, this is a neat dream. All the bonds, all the shackles fall off and he's free. He looks around in his dream and all the soldiers are asleep. He follows the angel toward the door of the cell and it, it just swings open at the angel's touch. What an awesome dream. They walk down the corridor that would normally be alive with the movement of the men in that prison house. They would be yelling and banging on the bars and, and all the racket, but it's deathly silent. What an awesome dream. They walk out from the dungeon, the door swinging open in front of that angel and Simon Peter walking right in behind him and the whole time he's thinking, man, what a neat dream. A jailhouse that has no guards. A, a jailhouse that the doors aren't locked. A, a jailhouse where the prisoners are quiet. Man, what a dream. They walk across the courtyard and there's no searchlights playing there. No guards in the towers with their high-powered rifles. Uh, they come to the big iron gate uh, that separates the prisoner from the freedom of the outside. And before the angel even gets there, it swings open of its own accord. Uh, and they walk out into the stillness of the Jerusalem night. What a dream. The angel looks at him waves goodbye and poof he's gone and Simon Peter stands there evidently he pinches himself and he says this is no dream this is real prayer still makes dreams come true <laughs> So he thinks about it for a minute and he's awake enough to realize if I hang around here in the street long enough, the angel will have it to do all over again because somebody's going to catch me and throw me back in the dungeon. And so he says, I need to go somewhere. Now here's where it gets a little fuzzy. One commentator believes that Simon Peter just imagines where the church will be. Another says he must be aware of Mary's house. At least one says perhaps he could hear the prayers of God children echoing in the darkness and the stillness of the night but for whatever reason he makes a beeline to Mary's house where a prayer meeting is going on and he knocks on the door now Mary is of course the uh, uh, sister of Barnabas the mother of John Mark she's evidently a well-to-do woman whose house is large enough to accommodate a great number of people there praying she also is wealthy enough that she owns a little slave girl called the damsel in scripture her name is Rhoda and it's Rhoda's job to answer the door and Rhoda is good at her job so good that in the middle of a Pentecostal prayer meeting she hears somebody knocking on the door so she quietly gets up 
and she makes her way through the people praying. She goes to the door. Now, she knows better than to just open the door. She knows better, especially if you're a Christian, it's the middle of the night. You never swing open the door. Her job was to find out who was there. They did it very simply. She would call out, who is it? And on the other side of the door, whoever it was would answer back. And so she did. And Simon Peter answered, it's the pastor. And she recognizes his voice she gets so excited she gets so full of gladness that she forgets to open the door she wants to tell everybody I can just see her can't you come bouncing back in that prayer meeting you can quit praying now you don't have to pray anymore he's at the door. God has heard your prayers. Your answer is at the door. I prayed about this camp meeting and let me tell you what I believe. I believe your answer is at the door of your life tonight. You've prayed about it. You've asked God to do it, and God has heard you. The prison doors are open. The shackles have fallen off. Your answer has come walking up to the door. Now, your job is to open the door and let your miracle in. For some husband and wife whose marriage is crumbling, your answer is at the door. For some parents whose child is wandering, your answer is at the door. For someone with illness tonight, your answer is at the door. For some struggling pastor, I tell you your answer is at the door. For the hurting, for the hungry, for the helpless, for the hopeless, God has heard you, God has answered, and your answer is at the door. Galatians 6, 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I love that expression, due season, due, idios, pertaining to oneself, one's own, private or separate. Kairos, translated season, it means a set or proper time or a special occasion. In other words, that verse is saying, keep on doing what you know is right because one of these days, your time, your turn is coming. I believe Camp Meeting 98 is your turn. You've heard others healed, it's your turn. You've heard of others get the Holy Ghost, it's your turn. You've heard of other marriages saved, it's your turn. God has heard your prayer. God has answered. And it is standing at the door. Now there's the problem. We have prayed and God has heard. And your answer has come to this service tonight. But what we've got to do is what they had to do. We have got to open the door and let that answer 
come in. Now I want to tell you very quickly, and I hope you'll understand me, that prayer alone does not open the door. Prayer is absolutely essential. The Bible tells us to keep on praying. Pray without ceasing. Jesus told about a judge that feared not God nor man, was not worried about anybody's opinion, but there was a widow woman that needed something from that judge. He wouldn't give it to her, so she was there every morning when he got there for work. She was there at the lunch hour. She was there and followed him home every evening. It went on for day after day after day until he threw up his hands and said, I don't fear God or man, but she's going to drive me nuts, and so I'm going to give her what she needs. Jesus said, your Father in heaven wants to give you your request. So ask and ask and ask and ask. You got to pray. Without praying, nothing happens. But they had prayed all night. And God had answered their prayer. And the answer was at the door. But someone had to take it upon themselves to get to the door and let the answer in. I want to tell you tonight that excitement and joy alone does not open the door. Rhoda was excited when she heard the pastor's voice. The Bible says, in fact, it was her gladness. She was so caught up in her gladness that she forgot to open the door. I see her shouting, hands in the air, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Simon Peter is still out there knocking, and she's shouting through the prayer meeting. He's at the door. God has heard us. God has answered. I thank God for shouting. I came to Oklahoma expecting to see some Pentecostal worship. I don't believe we're here to go through the motions, but we're here to lift up the name of the Lord. I still like aisle running, hand clapping, foot stomping. I still like dancing in the spirit. I like to see people get excited about what God is doing. But hear me, that alone does not open the door. Prayer alone does not open the door. Excitement alone does not open the door. Then how in the world do you get the door open? In Matthew 7, 7, Jesus, I believe, gives us the blueprint for receiving something from God. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. I do not believe Jesus is repeating himself. I don't believe he's using an orator's trick of, of a triune expression of the same truth. But I believe Jesus is giving us a step-by-step -step method for receiving what we need from God. And it starts with asking. Everything starts with praying. But it doesn't stop with the asking. Ask, and it shall be given you. But after you've asked, he says you got to start looking for the answer. Seek and you shall find. 
Sometimes we get so caught up in the asking that we forget to start expecting the answer to come. Now, this is another spot I'm not sure I understand. Maybe Brother Kuhn can enlighten me on it. These folks got an answer, and they didn't believe it. I don't know how you explain that, but they touched God. God heard their prayers. God sent Peter to the door. Rhoda heard his voice. Rhoda runs in there and says, he's at the door, and they don't believe it. I can hear them. Rhoda, honey. That's why we're here, sweetheart. Peter's in prison. They're going to cut his head off tomorrow. That's why we're praying. She says, oh, no, he's not in prison. He's at the door. They start getting a little firmer with this little servant girl. Now, now, Rhoda, now, Rhoda, now, you know that she could not, he could not be at the door because he's locked away in a dungeon. He's chained to the wall. There's soldiers guarding him. And we're here asking God to help because we don't have any way of getting him out of prison. But Rhoda won't quit. The Bible says she's constantly affirming. He's at the door. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, yes. No, yes. What an, what an absolutely unnecessary argument. Rhoda, you don't have to stand there and argue with them. Just go over there and open the door. We don't have to argue that we're the church. We don't have to argue that we got the power of God. We don't have to debate with them. All we got to do is open the door. We spend so much time trying to prove through some other method when all God told us to do is open the door and he'll walk in. If our churches are on fire, if miracles are among us, if the supernatural reigns in our midst, they're hungry for something real. If you'll just open the door, they'll come. The problem was they had asked, but they were not seeking. They had asked, but they weren't looking. Don't forget to look. If you've asked God to do it, don't come here to this service and sit there and say, it's just another Sunday night. If you've asked God, don't come here and say, well, it's the opening night and things are kind of slow on opening night and people are just getting in and they're kind of tired from the travel and, you know, things are a little unsettled and sometimes it's a little hard to get things in gear and it's just going to be the opening night. Don't do that. If you have asked God that he doesn't care whether it's the first night or the last night, he'll send your answer. What you got to do is start looking down on his knees. God, you got to send the rain. But then he quit praying. And he told his servant, go look. Servant come back and said, ain't nothing. So what did Elijah do? He prayed again. Then he quit. And he told the servant, go look. 
We just pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Go through the service down in the mully grubs, feeling like it ain't never gonna happen, waiting for the right chorus, waiting for the right word. When Elijah says, all right, I've asked, now I'm gonna seek a little bit. Three times, four times, five times, six times. He prayed and he looked. He prayed and he looked. Finally, the seventh time, the servant came back. He said, Master, I don't even know if I ought to mention it, but all I can see is a cloud about the size of a man's hand. Elijah jumped up, said, tell the king he better head home. It's fixing to rain. He wouldn't have even known it was there if he hadn't have been looking. But it was the answer that he was looking for. I watch people come to church sick, depressed, discouraged, lost, praying for help, asking God, hungering for deliverance. And the Holy Ghost starts moving. Oh, like it is right now. Start sweeping through the crowd. Somebody gets on their feet. Somebody claps their hands. Somebody starts worshiping. God's power is flowing. The waters are being stirred. God's making a way. God's answering prayers. And I see them sitting with their head down, still going through the motions of begging and pleading. It's time to lift your head and start expecting. When the Holy Ghost is moving, it's time to get your hands in the air. It's time to get on your feet. It's time to say, I've asked. God has answered. Now I'm going to look for my answer. Clap your hands and pray. It's here. It's here. It's time to get the door open. Opening night of camp. My challenge to this camp meeting is simple. It's time for us. We prayed. It's time for us. We've looked. And now it's time for us to walk over there and open the door and let miracles in and let deliverance in and let power in and let the Holy Ghost in. given you. Seek and you shall find. And the third step is get the door open. Now this process is twofold. If you're on the outside of the church, you don't have the Holy Ghost. You don't know Jesus Christ then the process for you to get the door open is to walk up to the door and knock. Don't quit knocking. Don't wander off. Don't say, I'll pray tonight, but not tomorrow night. Don't say, I'll be in the altar tonight, but I won't be back Sunday night. No, no, no. You keep on knocking. You knock, and you keep knocking. You don't quit knocking. Simon Peter kept knocking until somebody opened the door. I'm not leaving here till I get the door open. You keep on knocking. I want the Holy Ghost. I need forgiveness. I need power. And I'm not quitting until the door is open.
And I got a promise for you. If you knock, that door will be open unto you. That's God's job. That's his job. And no devil is big enough. No problem is bad enough. If you knock, it shall be open. But the process is different if you're on the inside. Because the book says, if I'm on the inside, already full of the Holy Ghost, already in relationship with God, then it's not me knocking, it's Him knocking. Behold, He said, I stand at the door and I knock. Now I got news for you. He don't give up easy either. He's been knocking on your door for a long time. You've been praying about this for weeks and months and even years. And Jesus Christ has your answer. He's standing outside and he's knocking. If any man will hear my voice and will open the door, I will come in and sup answer it's here you want the power of God it's here you want a miracle it's here and he's knocking all you gotta do is let your faith open that door I need him to come to the instruments I feel the Holy Ghost he's about to pound the door down he's doing everything he can to get in he's got your answer under his arm he's ready with your healing he's ready with the Holy Ghost he's ready with the power to deliver he'll put your marriage back together he'll bring your children home he'll do what you've asked him to do you just gotta get the door open after you pray after you've looked then you gotta believe not for tomorrow night not for friday night not for next week but for right now anything you ask in my name believing i will do it if thou canst believe all things are possible to them that believe faith opens a door when fleshy eyes cannot even see a door faith puts mud on a blind man's eye and says go wash faith walks up to a paralyzed man and says take up your bed Faith speaks to the bystanders at a cemetery and says, roll back the stone. Are you getting the picture? You got to open the door, roll back the stone, pick up your bed, go to Siloam and wash. You got to make the effort to open the door. And if you will open the door. In the name of Jesus Christ. We come against every spirit of unbelief. We come against every demon of doubt. We come against that that would hinder that saint of God that has prayed and asked for weeks and months and years. And we proclaim that now you have heard their prayer. 
and you have sent their answer and their job is to unleash their faith. God, let it happen in this service tonight. In Jesus' name. I tell you what, if you want to get the door open, here's how to do it tonight. It's a simple thing. It's to step out from where you are and hurry down this aisle and either kneeling or standing in the front of this tabernacle, say, God, I've asked, I've come here seeking, and now I'm going to open the door. I'm going to let my faith go. I'm going to lift my hands, head, and heart. And I'm going to expect you to give me what I need tonight. Hurry, hurry, hurry. The waters are troubled. Thank you for listening to the Oklahoma District History Center podcast. Join us next time for another message of the month. Connect with us on Facebook and share this podcast with your friends.